I think in some ways uh, people can be and people should be as, as Christians I think that's what we're called to do is to be the light and to sort of show others what Jesus would be like if he were on the earth or how he would react to certain situations. Welcome to Behind My Journey, a podcast that is for our community. In today's episode, I sit down with Rudy Otway. Rudy has always been close to God, but his faith came full circle when he began to know God on a personal level. Welcome to this episode of the Behind My Journey podcast. My name is Quinn Eaton, and sitting with me today is Rudy Otway. Rudy Otway, right? Yep. I was talking to him earlier because I was butchering his name, which apparently is common, right? Yeah, Otway's not a very common name, so mm-hmm. if it's not like, you know, Smith or Jones, right. it causes a little complication. Well, I'm just going to call you Rudy for the Perfect. rest of the episode, and I won't use your last name, uh, but thank you so much for taking some time to do this. Um, Rudy is an associate professor at Murray State. You have been for 16 years. Does it feel like 16 years? It does not feel like 16 okay. years. Time flies. Yes. Uh, you're originally from Paducah, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you attended Murray State back in the day, and that's where you met your wife, Bonnie, right? Correct. So you guys have been married since 2002. Mm-hmm. Does it feel like it's been that long? <laughs> also, does not feel like that long. Gotcha. Made a baby for her. She may have a different right, idea right, about right. that, but yes. I'll ask her whenever she's on the podcast. Right. I'll ask her the same questions. Um, but you've got a really interesting story because we were talking a little bit before we started recording just how you got to this point in your life. Like, all the different options that you had, all the different avenues that your life could have gone off on, and yet you're still here and you've got a job that I'm assuming you are passionate about. I didn't ask you, but I don't want to speak for you, but I'm, I'm assuming that you, what, what do you exactly teach at Murray State? Yeah, so I'm the program coordinator for design engineering technology, okay. and design engineering technology is a mechanical design program heavily based on the use of computer-aided design software, CAD software, for mechanical design applications. Right. So in addition to 3D CAD modeling, we're also utilizing prototyping tools like 3D printing or CNC routing or lasers to produce some of the products that students build. So students will leave Murray State with a degree in design engineering technology, and they'll be a mechanical designer, product designer, something like, like that. And you actually worked as a CAD analyst for four years, correct? I did for four years, 2002 to 2006. After Murray State, we moved to Huntsville, Alabama, and I worked as a CAD analyst creating CAD models of military hardware. And you said that there was some top secret information that you were given that, of mm-hmm. course, you cannot disclose on the podcast. But, correct. But that is interesting to hear. Yeah. That, uh, you had some insider knowledge, I guess, on yeah. certain things. But it sounds like that's a really cool job um, is that something that you were just, you grew up and you were always into like software and technology or? No. Um, in fact, I've asked my parents this question several times, you know, when we were growing up, what, what made you decide to, to buy us a personal computer or to have a Nintendo? And, uh, you know, I've, I've asked them, were you buying those things with the intent to just expose us to technology or were you just, you know, going through the motions and mm-hmm. they're like, well, we don't remember exactly, but. Uh, in fact, one of the first computers that we bought, my parents had a silver station wagon and someone hit it in a parking lot. And so instead of fixing the car, they bought us a, my brother and I have an older brother, they bought us a personal computer, an old Apple IIc, Apple II compact computer. So I guess that's really sort of what started the technology. And then okay. later on, we added a Nintendo Entertainment System. We got one for Christmas. So maybe that's sort of what set us into, into motion. Uh, I think what prepared me for my career career field though is my dad had several drafting classes in high school 
And so maybe that sort of drafting engineering mm-hmm. gene is there and it just surfaced in me somehow. Right. And uh, of course you worked until 2006 as the CAD analyst. Mm-hmm. What brought you back to the Murray area? Bonnie and I met here at Murray State and um, when we were talking about having kids, we had been married a couple of years. Actually, in fact, for listeners, this may be interesting. We weren't really sure we wanted to have kids for a long time. And then we were, we were pretty selfish in terms of wanting to travel and just spend time together and, mm-hmm. you know, not have kids sort of impede on that. But, and then we decided, no, we probably should have kids. What would they look like? How would they act? Things like that. Uh-huh. And so now we have two boys. We have Gavin, who's 13 and Logan, who's 10. And so Gavin is, uh, in a, some senses, just like Bonnie and Logan is just like me. So it's really been sort of cool to, yeah. to have the kids. But, uh, we, when we were talking about having kids, we did not want to be in Huntsville far from our families. We're pretty close on both sides to family. And we felt like it wouldn't be fair to our, to us or our own kids if, you know, that maybe they only got to see grandparents once a month or something. Yeah. So we wanted to move back to this area and a teaching position at Murray State opened and we decided to take that. And, and we, we do feel like God led us back to Murray State for that position and to be this in, in this environment long term. Right. And of course, one of the questions that I will always ask is, how did you end up at the journey? Because of course the podcast is called behind my journey. Yeah. So we kind of have to throw that in there at some sure. point. Right. So you come back in 2006, the journey gets started in 2005. Yep. So kind of explain how you guys got involved with journey church. Yeah. We when of course moving back, um, Bonnie and I had both grown up in church. So we, so having a God centered marriage was important for us. And then finding a church home that we could call our place was something that was important to us. So we looked at a variety of churches in Murray trying to find the right fit. Uh, I guess in some sense it sounds sort of selfish to say I'm, I'm trying to find the right fit for me, but I think as we all know, there's a there's a place that where you go and visit and you feel like this might be home for me. So the first time we visited the journey, it did not feel like home, honestly. We, we were in the Curse Center, um, outside the ballroom. It was the journey's first year celebration mm-hmm. so they were having a birthday party you know the journey does things big sometimes yeah, when we have these parties events. like yeah. through a big party there was cake and balloons and all kinds of stuff but there were also what seemed like a million college kids and we were a young couple i think at the time i was probably around 26 years old maybe and i was you know a faculty at murray state so we were looking for other couples to connect us um to to church and we didn't see that all we saw was college students so we were selfish in that we were like there's nobody here for us we can't connect with anybody so we're gonna go and we looked for churches for a long time and then we we thought we were gonna settle on a church in the nearby town of Draftonville uh, but then I think after after attending there for a while and and really evaluating the situation we decided that we would not be connected there. We were, we were probably just going to attend on Sundays. We wouldn't be connected to serving. And so that's when we decided to start looking at churches back in Murray again, something that was a little closer for us. Because being connected was something really important to you. Being connected was important. Yeah. Uh, so we, Bonnie had a friend at the time, they were in a show at Playhouse and the friend invited her to come over. So we, we came back to the journey. And when we came back, uh, it was Matt's annual message of, um, if you want this to be your home, uh, we have serving opportunities and, and serving opportunities are, um, 
you know, not really about you. They're about serving somebody else. Right. And so I, I think at that point, God probably laid it on our heart. He said, hey, it's, it's not about you. I want you to serve somebody else. So, I, sorry, I'll, I'll probably get pretty emotional. I'm a pretty emotional guy. So anytime we talk about connection to church or relationship to Jesus, I'll, I'll probably get pretty emotional. And that's okay. Yeah. That's exactly, I mean, that, that's perfectly for everybody, so don't feel bad for anything like that. Um, yes. But it, it's just been really cool to talk to you because it seemed like everything fell into place. And it wasn't, I think a lot of people will depend on those first impressions and then that first opportunity. And then if it doesn't feel right, then they don't ever come back. Right. But it's cool to see that you guys were like, okay, we gave it a shot. It didn't seem like it was the right thing to do. But then a second opportunity brought you guys back. That second impression was something that kind of <clears throat> gave you that assurance. Like, okay, maybe we actually do belong here. Right. Because I, I am a 23-year-old still in college. Not because I'm struggling in school, but because I'm I'm doing grad, I'm doing grad work, yeah. and I can kind of already feel that like oh I don't need to hang out with the college crowd because I'm 23 years old I'm a little old it mm-hmm. seems like sometimes so I get that part of it too yeah. not not feeling like maybe you guys belong there at that certain time right um, but you guys are there you have been volunteering ever since there's a question mark by how long you've been volunteering with the journey but. I, it seems like ever since I've been going, which has been five or six years, you've always been right there in the, in the front, shaking people's hands and things like that. So connection, connecting to the church was really important and volunteering was a part of that, right? Right. Yeah, just having the opportunity to, to, to come on Sunday and, and serve somebody else was, was the important part that we were looking for. And mm-hmm. we were open to doing whatever that capacity looked like. And so, like you said, over the the course of the years at the journey, I've, I've had a, a lot of different volunteer roles, some of which, you know, I sought after because I thought that'd be pretty fun. And some of it was just a need where we, we needed somebody to, to fill in that spot and then couldn't find anybody better than me. So they were like, Hey, we'll just put this guy in there. Mm-hmm. Perfect. And you're the right guy for that. It seems like hopefully the uh, uh, Swiss army knife of church volunteers. I, 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 if I can be a, a utility player for God, then yeah, put me awesome. in that position. And on the topic of God, which is basically this entire podcast, but I'll use it as a transition. What at, at what point in your life? Because you, you grew up in church, mm-hmm. but at what point in your life did you know that you needed to place your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior? Early on, um, yeah, and I think uh, I reached out to my mom this morning because I couldn't. I was fuzzy on the dates of when I was actually saved and baptized, mm-hmm. and so I asked her. And so I was uh, officially saved in November of 1985, and I was baptized the the following week. So I think the 14th is probably like Sunday, I'm guessing, and Wednesday is mm-hmm. the following day. So yeah, growing up in church, saved and baptized at an early age. Um, but at that age, it's not personal to you. It, you're you you're you don't know this at the time because you're you're a kid and you're you have all these outside influences. But um, you're you're just sort of going through the motions of church, I think, and that's not a bad thing. I think that's no, perfectly fine. I can relate to that because I got baptized at a young age as well, and then it was almost like a, a moment later in my life where I knew that that was the right thing to do at the time. Yeah. But then I knew for sure that my faith was placed in God. Yeah. Yeah, so you know, you go through you go through life, and then you hit the the teenage years, college years, and you you you're trying to do life by yourself. You're like, I don't, I don't really need God or Jesus because I'm. I guess you're you're maturing and trying to figure out life and all that stuff. And so, for me anyway, it was it was not that I had uh, that I was trying to to run from God. It was just that you know you put your focus on other things and you don't make 
maybe your relationship with Jesus a priority. Maybe you're still going through the motions of church because mm-hmm. that's the expectation from your parents. That's what that's what you know you're supposed to do as a kid who's grown up in church, but maybe it doesn't become personal. So it, it probably became personal as I as I moved into late college, early adulthood of, mm-hmm. hey, this is not something that my parents um, are forcing me to do, or now it's not a decision that I'm doing just to make my parents happy. At, you know, at some point, I came to the conclusion that that I need Jesus. I need to have that relationship with Him. And so, you know, when you reach that point on your own, and someone's not making you, that's when you that's when the transformation occurs. If you know, if you want to use the word transformation, it becomes when it becomes personal to you. Yeah, and. For people that are listening, and a lot of people that are listening are going to know you and have seen you in church, um, but maybe there's someone out there that has never attended church or has never been to the journey. Um, how important is that personal relationship with God? And what exactly do you mean by personal? Because there are different ways that people communicate with God. So mm-hmm. I know that your personal might be different than someone else's, but can you kind of dive into that a little bit, like the feeling of having a personal relationship with God? Yeah, I, I think the... The personal relationship comes in uh, knowing. I, I guess if you're if you're thinking about, you know, what what's beyond the world, then then I think that becomes personal as to what happens to me after this life on Earth. And if mm-hmm. if you believe that there is something after our time on Earth, and then, you know, looking toward Jesus and God is, you know, that's a that's a. a topic maybe for a different podcast yeah, or, or right. a deeper conversation but um, but I think just on on the personal level it's maybe a, an understanding of I don't I, I, I can't go through life uh, all on my own I, I need something more than that and I can I can get a sense that there is something more than that and so you know growing up in church uh, you're you're told that all your life that you need to have a relationship with Jesus, and then at some point you decide, okay, that's what I want to do, and then that that personal transformation or that person personal relationship, like you said, comes in a variety of forms. It could be a Sunday morning service where you feel close to God, like He's you know speaking to you through maybe a volunteer even at, at times, but you know through some of the music lyrics or. Yeah, um, the message that maybe the pastor in this, in our case, Matt is mm-hmm. speaking to you from, could be in in prayer time of you know I I feel that you're there with me, and that's not always the case, but you know you kind of go through waves, and sometimes you you feel like you're super on fire and really close to God, and other times you're like, oh, yeah, what's going on there? Um, but yeah, I I think it's like any relationship, you have to spend some time in it before it becomes really personal to you and but yeah were there any frustrations while you were figuring that out as far as like you knew that you were religious you knew that you had faith in God but trying to find that personal relationship with him was there a frustration where you couldn't really figure out like do I need to be reading the Bible do I need to be attending church more because it's at the end of the day it was your personal decision yeah Um, it wasn't made by anyone else so how, how was that? Was, was there any sort of period where you were like, gosh, I can't figure this out? Yeah, I don't know if this necessarily falls in line with I can't figure this out, but there's always the, at least for me, there's always the feeling, uh, do I go to church enough? Am I serving enough? Am I praying enough and reading the Bible enough? Um, so I guess there's a, 
there's always that sort of tension to wrestle with and manage of, um, am I, am I doing enough in this relationship with Jesus to feel like it's personal and to, and to make it worthwhile, at least for me anyway. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Uh, I can relate to that. And I'm sure a lot of people listening can too. Um, what about the solution? Because we're talking about like frustrations and things like that. So whenever you make that decision and you feel like you've placed your faith and given your heart to God, what was it like? Was it like a, a weight that was lifted off your shoulders? Was it a, was it a moment of clarity? What? How would you describe that that solution? Yeah, those are those are good terms. I like I like clarity, um, clarity and, and relief. You know, to to know. I don't have to. I don't have to try to navigate life on my own. I've got a. I've got a friend. I've got a personal relationship with someone that, you know, is far greater than I am. And so, just sort of uh, understanding that I'm a small fish in a big pond, so to speak, or you know, this this person who died on the cross and came back to life and and came to earth for me, sort of can do much greater things than any sort of personal trials or tribulations that I might be going through at the time, um, it's, it's comforting. So it's a relief to know mm -hmm. that I don't have to try to navigate life on my own. I've got someone there that's far more powerful than me to help. Yeah. And I think that in a way for some people, for people that I guess aren't religious, that's a scary thought that there is someone that is kind of taking care of everything. Yeah. I can see that. But then it's a comfort thing for people that are, that are faithful and and have been around church like yourself. Um, so I guess a, a good next question would be, how did you develop that faith? Who were the people that kind of brought you that realization or brought you to the point of realization that uh, you made the right decision whenever you placed your faith in God? Yeah, man. How long's the podcast? How much time do we have? We have as much time as you need. Yes. Yeah. You know, speaking of not going it alone and, and having a relationship <laughs> with Jesus, uh, I, and maybe this is God's plan is to allow other Christians or people just to be in life together and, and to be there for you to help through a lots of these things. You mm -hmm. know, they can, I think in some ways, uh, people can be, and people should be as, as Christians, I think that's what we're called to do is to be the light and to sort of show others what Jesus would be like if he were on the earth or how he would react to certain situations. Mm -hmm. And I'm certainly not the best at that, but um, I have had lots of influences in life who, who were that or who took the time to invest in me. And so, you know, being in uh, the college area now and sort of investing in, in students and doing maybe, you know, lots of things outside the classroom for students, I can definitely look back on influences in my life growing up where some people put a lot of time and effort into me to, to help me you know, with that relationship with Jesus. So mm -hmm. like, man, where do we start? Um, is it, I feel like I'm at a, at a an acceptance speech and I'm yeah. like pulled out my list of people you to just, think at just this one Emmy. Yeah. yeah, you gotta yeah. Get up is there music that's going to play in the background? <laughs> I won't play you off. No, you got plenty okay, of time. Good. Um, I mean, and I won't even try to go in chronological order cause I'll probably mess it up. But, um, just personally right now, Bonnie, of course, she's, you know, fantastic in, in, her relationship with Jesus. So when you see that, you're like, oh, wow, this is, this is what it's supposed to look like. So she's great at that. She's great at, at motivating, not necessarily prodding, saying, hey, you probably should do this kind mm -hmm. of thing. But 
So she's fantastic. Um, I'll, I'll try to wipe these tears off so that you don't get emotional, but <clears throat> um, I'm okay. My parents, of course, they are uh, have been a strong influence for my entire life. Still are. Mm-hmm. Which is such a valuable thing. I know that my parents have done the same thing. They've always, it was kind of like what you talked about with Bonnie. It wasn't necessarily a motivate or it wasn't a prodding thing, but it was always an open invitation almost. And I have a lot uh, that I owe to my parents just because they were always inviting uh, towards the church experience. It wasn't ever a pressure, but it was more of an invitation. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, yeah, I probably should have warned you that I'll probably shed some tears here. No, that's fine. Um, yeah, so my parents, um, Bonnie's parents, my brother and his wife and family, Bonnie's brother and his wife and family. Um, man, Sunday school teachers growing up. I had a Sunday school teacher. She, she is, seems trivial probably to most people, but taking us to you know places like Mammoth Cave just on the weekend. So spending time in there. I had lots of youth pastors over the course of years. You know, those those um, middle school, teenage years. That, I mean, that's uh, definitely one area that I've not served in the Journey Church because I don't know if I'll be able to do it. I'm, I'm not sure yeah. I'd be great at middle school, high school. In it's my case, age boys. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. But, you know, youth pastors in, in the past, that they were, they were there for us. They spent their time to take us to... You know those conferences and mm-hmm. and weekend retreats, and I didn't do any mission trips when I was uh, in high school, but you know in, in college doing those type of things. Um, funny story, maybe this is helpful for listeners. I had, okay. I had one one high school youth minister. I I remember him always praying for two hours of rest for every one hour of sleep that he got. <laughs> so he must have been stressed out and anxious because of us teenagers probably yeah. so he was always praying for more rest but um yeah so uh even co-workers now have they they still influence my life you know, of course matt johnson i've known him for a long time jared martin i've known for a long time um lots of journey folks over the years have have influenced my relationship with jesus and my walk you know we we bonnie and i have been in lots of small groups and gotten to know lots of people serving opportunities on Sundays or fantastic ways to meet people that, that invest in you and you don't even realize it at the time. So yeah, man, lots of, lots of influences. And something that kind of stood out to me kind of in the middle of, of all the people that have affected your walk and, and your faith journey is that sometimes as a Christian, you can help people and it doesn't have to be by quoting a Bible verse or by inviting them to church. It can just be a simple act, like you mentioned, yeah. taking someone to Mammoth Cave and showing, uh, you know, sh- I think I think it's just the act, right? Like your actions speak louder than words. And as a Christian, showing that you're willing to devote your time, which is our most valuable resource, to someone else. And it's things like that, where you had a lot of experiences growing up and you realize that now, and now you're kind of doing that right. for others. So yeah. has that been kind of a cool for, full circle thing? Yeah, very well said. If I had said that from the beginning, it would have been, <laughs> would have been much better. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's probably, you know, as you grow older and I, I, always, I always feel like I look back at the previous decade and you look at your life and you go, man, I thought I had it all figured out, but I don't really. And then you go through another decade of life and you go, you look back and you go, man, I, 
I really didn't have it figured out when I thought I did. And so, yeah, maybe in this decade of life, it's figuring out that there were lots of people that influenced me and I, and I can have that same, hopefully have that same impact on somebody else mm-hmm. somewhere. And like you said, actions definitely speak louder than words. And, you know, I don't remember anybody quoting a Bible verse to me that, that stuck in my mind. Um, except one, my, my grandfather wrote me a note when I graduated from high school or Murray State. And it said, it said, uh, remember, you're always an ambassador for Christ. Mm-hmm. That's, a really, <clears throat> that's, that's probably the one that's always stuck with me. It's powerful. That, that really is. And on that note, because that's good advice, but let's say that someone else is maybe in your shoes or uh, on a similar path that you are um, and is considering taking action that you took. So it could be stepping in to volunteer. It could be just trying to put your you know, foot out there and find a church. Um, what would you say to them? What advice would you give to them if they're in that, that sort of state? Yeah, I would, I would definitely say it's hard. It's not easy. I think everybody's like, well, you just, you just do what you want to do, you know, move that direction or take some action. But I do think that's, that's, it, it is hard, but that is probably the most important advice I would give is just take some action and move in some direction and reach out to somebody for guidance on what that would look like. So, you know, if you're thinking about serving at the journey or at your own church or somewhere in your community, you know, what opportunities are there and, and, and take that, take that plunge to just see what happens. And I, I think it's going to be rewarding for you. And that goes for any, anything is just, you know, do it. I'm, yeah. I'm a, I'm the kind of person that likes to control things and plan everything out. And sometimes you can't do that. And that does create a little bit of, uh, anxiety or uncertainty, but, but I'm also the kind of person that is, you know, figure stuff out on the fly and adjust as needed and it's, it's going to be fine. Just yeah. like, just like Bonnie, she's courageous and spontaneous and can figure stuff out on the, on the fly. So yeah, don't try to plan it all out. Right. Just take action, move. And it's the, it's the cliche of the leap of faith. It's, it's actually a leap yeah. of faith. So it's one of those things that you just kind of have to go out and do, which is I'm the same way. I like to plan things out and I try to avoid conflict and things like that. So sometimes it is just a leap of faith. Um, but Rudy, this has been great. Thank you for taking the time to do this. Um, your story has been really cool just to be able to hear all the different experiences that you've had. And like I mentioned earlier, all the different places that you you had, I mean, there were a lot of different avenues whenever you were, whenever you were younger and now you're in a role where you're giving back and it's kind of a full circle thing. I don't, I don't not to speak for you, but it has been really cool to hear your story. Thank you. Yep. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of Behind My Journey. If you or anyone that you know would like to have your journey featured on this podcast, send us an email at podcast at Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. And if this message spoke to you, please help us spread the word and share it with others. Until next time, my name is Quinn Eaton, and this has been Behind My Journey.